Good evening, everyone. Um, my name is Marcy Rumbi. Go by both names. Uh, Rumbi is actually my first name, and the full name is Rumbiza, which means praise. I use either one. My dad was like, you don't use your name, Marcy. So when I first came to this church, in my childlike way and in my mischievousness, I was like, I'm going to use my name, Marcy. So that's why I'm known by Rumbi and Marcy. They're both my identity. And I have the pleasure of bringing us back to the book of Daniel. Um, as you remember, in Daniel 1, um, the children of Israel had been taken captive by King Nebuchadnezzar. And those people who were skillful, cunning, and knowledgeable, um, they were to stand before the king. And this was Daniel, whose name was changed to Belteshazzar, Hananiah, whose name was changed to Shadrach, Mishael, who's changed to Meshach, Azariah, changed to Abednego. And so... In chapter one in Daniel, um, they purposed themselves that they were not going to defile themselves by eating the king's food or his wine. So at the end of the year, they looked better than everybody else. They were more good looking, they were more handsome, they had more muscles than everybody else who was there. And God favored them with knowledge, skill, and wisdom. And then in Daniel two, King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. It was a very troubling dream, but he couldn't remember what it, uh, what it was. So he asked his wise men to tell him the dream, but they couldn't. So he was going to kill everybody, all the wise men. He didn't want them anymore. But Daniel said to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, let's pray and find the answer. And so by the end, Daniel was able to tell King Nebuchadnezzar the dream, and he was also able to interpret what the dream was about. And because of this, the chief of the, he was named um, the province over the province of Babylon, and was made the chief of gov governors over all the wise men in the kingdom of King Nebuchadnezzar. And Daniel asked that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be set over the affairs of the province, but Daniel was sat in the gate of the king. So we're going to bring you Daniel three today. And as you know, our theme is living in turbulent times. So I encourage everybody to go back and read Daniel 1, Daniel 2, and Daniel 3. Um, in going through Daniel 3, I'm going to be looking at six points that we learn from them about living in turbulent times. So the first part that we learn is we are set apart from the world. So basically, um, King Nebuchadnezzar sets up an image of himself, and he asks, says everybody has to praise his name. But then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego don't do this. And we learn from this that we have to be set apart from the world. As children of God, we cannot stand with others sometimes. It cannot work. We have to stand apart from them. And this is what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had to do. The second point is that the enemy has come to destroy us. That's... Jesus tells us this, that the enemy will always be against us because we are not of his kingdom or from the kingdom of God. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, because they refused to worship the image of King Nebuchadnezzar that he had set up, that he told everybody that they should praise, they refused. So a few people who were some enemies of them, the devil was against them, and he asked them, he needed people to go against them. And so they went to King Nebuchadnezzar and said, there are some people who are not praising you, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the point, at this point, one thing that I want to point out is that they did not go after Daniel. As already mentioned in Daniel 2, Daniel sat in the gate of the king, so they could not target him because they sat in the gate of the king. He was covered by the king. So that's why they went after Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
The third point that we learn is don't act out of anger, but rule from a place of peace. King Nebuchadnezzar had forgotten that the God of Daniel, Shadrach, and Meshach and Abednego were very mighty. He, when he heard that they didn't want to worship um, his image, he was very angry with them. They say in King James, it says that his, his visage changed. He was very angry that they refused to worship this image of him. And all because he had forgotten. He let his anger rule over him. And he forgot that this was the same God was able to reveal the dream through Daniel, that this was the same God had been able to interpret what the dream was about, all because he let anger rule over him. And because he ruled from anger, he was unable to see that this was the God who could save them. The fourth point is to remain steadfast. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, because they refused to pray, to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's image, the penalty for this was to be thrown in a pit of fire. So when the guards were about to throw um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the pit of fire, the other two guards were actually burnt. Yet, they still didn't scream. They didn't suddenly say, King Nebuchadnezzar, we're going to worship you now. No. They remained steadfast upon God. They didn't move from that place in which they stood in believing that God was mighty and that God would be able to save them despite everything that was going around them. They were tied up so they couldn't even run away. They remained steadfast in Christ and they did not move from that place. And they were able to remain steadfast because they knew God. Because they knew God, they knew he was faithful. They said whether God saves us or he doesn't when King Nebuchadnezzar asked them, they said they would still praise him, regardless of whether today they were going to die or they were going to live. They were not going to move from that place of praising God. And that was because they knew God. He knew he was faithful. They knew that he was a God who had seen them through captivity and that he had been good to them. He had showered them with wisdom and knowledge and gifted that to them. And that they had even set them to a higher place. That even Daniel, their friend, was sat at the gate of the king. And they knew that the God who had got Daniel into the gate of the king is the same God who stood with them now. That even when they're thrown into the pits of the fire, they knew that God was beside them. The sixth point that we learn from living in turbulent times is that it's all for his glory. At the end, when... Uh, King Nebuchadnezzar threw the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fire. He looks into the pit and he asks his servants, why are they four people? I only threw three of them. And the King James Version says he asks, one of them seems to be in the image of the Son of God. And through that, he changes himself. He now says, my servants, come out. And he now says any person who goes against the God, who says anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be killed. Their head's going to be cut off. And this is because through this, because they stood beside God, it was all for his glory. Everything we do when we go through turbulent times, we must remember that as children of God, we're representing God, and it's all going to be for his glory. They were set to the higher place than they had been before. In the end, they were actually set to a higher place. Um, they were promoted in the province of Babylon to a higher state than they had been before because it was all for his glory. 
And when we're facing, when we're going through turbulent times, even when I was reading this passage, I did not realize that this is what we actually need to stand by. At the moment, I'm in my placement for um, doing my nursing, and it's annoying and long, but I am coming to the end of it, finally. But going through that, I had to remember that we are set apart from the world, that some things that other people may get into, some conversations that they might have, because I stand on Christ, I cannot be in that. I cannot be included in it, and I have to stand aside or stand out up and actually say, I can't be a part of this because I am for God. I learned that the enemy is always against me, that there's always going to be somebody who's trying to throw me off track, or the enemy is telling me things like, I'm not good enough, I can't make it, I'm not going to be a good nurse. He's always against me, and I had to stand upon the word of God that I am his child, that he has raised me, and that I'm in this place and this time for a reason, and that no enemy can take that away from me. Don't give the enemy power, guys, by feeding into those words. Don't give him power. When those things come against you, remember that the enemy has come to destroy you. He's not going to be nice to you. So you need to stand on the word of God. Don't act out of anger. When I'm angry or I begin anxious or I work from my emotions of anxiety, I forget that there's a God. I literally forget. Like everything just darkens and I can't see his light anymore because I'm not ruling from a place of peace. When I'm in the peace of God, everything is calm and I see everything through his eyes that in this situation he rules. Then every situation his light is upon it and that he can change people. I don't have to do anything that he's already in that place and I can find him wherever when I rule from a place of peace. Remain steadfast. This is hard. I've struggled over the years to remain steadfast. But when I remain in Christ, you are almost at a breakthrough. Don't ever move from that place. No matter how hard it gets, you're almost at a breakthrough. Remain in it. And each time when I was trying to remain steadfast, there were things that would pull me down. But God always got me up again as long as I looked at him. And it's because I knew who he was as a person, that he's faithful. That in the times when I was doing my course and I felt weak, he would carry me and he got me up because I remained steadfast. And that in everything I do, it's for his glory. It's for me to praise his name. It's to point people to him and say that there is a Jesus. Without me having to speak and just standing for God, they can see that there is a difference and that I am for God. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they made a stand to be set, to be set apart from the world. They, ma they made a stand to not let the enemy drag them down. They, may, they made a stand to rule from a place of peace. They didn't let the situation scare them. And because of that, they were able to remain steadfast because they knew God. And in the end, it was all for his glory. King Nebuchadnezzar, everybody in that land knew that their God was a mighty God. And King Nebuchadnezzar made that decree so that all would know that God rules. And Dan is now going to tell us about making a stand in our everyday lives. Excellent. Thank you, Rumbi. I thought that was a really excellent introduction to uh, Daniel Free. Um, my name's Dan. <coughs> Excuse me. 
and uh, I lead the Twenties at New Life Church. Uh, so I thought I'd tell myself, uh, tell you guys a little bit about myself. Uh, I have been leading the Twenties at New Life for a year and a half, and it's really great to see so many people here, so enthusiastic about meeting God uh, and worshiping together, and uh, b- being in community, having some nice coffee, and uh, sitting around. Uh, talking. Um, so I just want to encourage you, thank you for coming. Thank you for uh, investing in friendships and uh, your relationship with God. It's really encouraging to see uh, so many of you. So I'm going to carry on uh, looking at Daniel Free. You can tell that I'm preaching because I'm wearing a check shirt. And uh, I'm just going to uh, start by uh, talking a little bit about another of my passions, which is film. And one of my favorite films is uh, called 12 Angry Men. And 12 Angry Men is a film about 12 angry men. And uh, they are part of a jury uh, on a court case. And the court case is for murder. Uh, and there's a young guy who's been trialed for murder. And these 12 guys come into a room and they've, got to, they've weighed up all the evidence and they've got to decide whether he's going to be guilty or not guilty. And uh, 11 of the men, they all start coming in and they say, oh, I've got a baseball game to go to. So um, can we kind of hurry up? Can we just kind of like get on with this quickly? It's obvious that he's guilty. Uh, well, you know, we'll just get on with it quickly. A couple of hours, we're out of here. Um, and so they have a, a kind of preliminary vote, and eleven people say he's guilty, and one guy says uh, not guilty. And it's uh, played by Henry Fonda, who you can see in the little yellow uh, guy there. And uh, as the film goes on, Henry, the character played by Henry Fonda, becomes more and more enthusiastic about uh, the evidence not being completely correct and their reasons for. Mm, uh, saying that this guy is guilty are so out of whack um, that they're not, you know, they, they don't really stand up to anything. They just want to get ev- out of there quickly. They uh, base lots of evidence on prejudices and, oh, they're, you know, uh, those kind of people that live in slums are always like this. Um, and eventually he becomes 11 angry men versus this guy. And uh, Henry Fonda is a, a little bit, in, in that film, a little bit like the three friends that we have in Daniel Free. They take a stand against something that they believe to be right, um, <coughs> and as uh, Rumby very uh, excellently explained, uh, the passage really speaks of uh, the free friends taking a stand against something that was wrong. Uh, and they say, in, even if it causes our doom, even if uh, God does not save us from this fire, we will still not bow down. And uh, Rumby went into this a little bit, but I feel God is, is calling us to make a stand uh, against the things that are wrong. So as Rumby says, he set us apart, it says in, 1 Peter 2, uh, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now, as we look around the world, uh, as we look around our workplace, our homes, our communities, we might think uh, the world is a dark place. There's lots of things that are wrong in the world. How do I even begin? Um, and this kind of call to making a stand against the things that we think are wrong might seem like a really uh, big thing. But the uh, the three friends took it seriously. They took uh, their obedience to God very seriously. And so I think we should do the same. One of my uh, heroes in, in life is my brother, and uh, my brother Tom. And he does a lot of work uh, in social justice. So he uh, is in charge of a, a charity in Durham that talks to students about issues of social justice. So slavery, uh injustices across in, in England, in the UK, across the world. And uh, recently he took a literal stand uh, for freedom. So here he is. He stood for 24 hours. Uh, not ev- uh, everyone in that picture was involved, but he was, I think, the only one plus another who actually stood there for 24 hours, which 
as I begin to think about it, it's an awfully long time. Uh, he was standing against the big injustices in the world, slavery and uh, poverty and corruption and all those kind of things. But I think it's also the small things. So um, uh, often these big things like slavery can seem like such a massive thing, but I think also God is calling us to uh, stand against the small things. When I was a teenager, I uh, grew up in Bristol, and uh, the school that I went to, the friends that I had, were, uh, tended to, when they were about, when we were about probably 16, 17, ended up regularly drinking quite a lot. And I felt God called me to just stop it, just make a stand completely uh, and not drink really when I'm with friends. I might go with like a couple of friends to the pub but not drink to excess because I felt that I might be tempted to do the same. And so I decided to make a stand against that. And I think often uh, sometimes that those are the most important things, the small things, the gossip in the office that we can stand against, the things that uh, come up to us day to day, the small things that we can say, actually, no, that's not right. I'm going to stand against that. So my question to you this evening is, are you prepared to make a stand? We've heard about the friends that made a stand against uh, worshipping an idol. Uh, we've seen my brother who's making a stand against injustice. Um, and my question to you is, uh, yeah, are you prepared to make a stand? The, uh, the three friends took this so seriously that they uh, were prepared to go to their death, even if they didn't think that maybe God would rescue them. Uh, they would prefer to die than uh, disobey God's word. So it's a it's a hard call, but I think uh, God is is calling us to uh, to do that. Now to help you do that, you may have noticed that there are some a few interesting different things uh, around the room. Uh, this evening that we don't normally have here. So what we're going to do in a minute is uh, to kind of help you guys put this into practice. We're trying to, I'm going to uh, give you a few kind of options for applying this. So um, often a lot of the things that we talk about up here or uh, in small groups are really important to apply to your life and say, how can I do that in my life? So we've got three stations. Uh, one that is over there uh, that is about declaring God's uh, word over you and your inheritance as a son or daughter of God. So there's a beautiful picture that Rumbi, have you drawn that? The beautiful picture that Rumbi has drawn about the kingdom of God. And uh, you can write uh, some things that you want to declare over yourself that you know are true from the Bible or from what God's told you. You can write them on a post-it note, stick it on that. Uh, similar On a similar vein, over here we have some scales which again Rumbi has drawn, which I think is fantastic, and some more post notes, some more pens, and there's a little note to explain it as well. Uh, and you can write something that you are taking a stand for. So it could be small, could be big, something that you are going to come away from this evening and think, yes, that's something that I'm going to make a stand for. I'm going to choose to uh, stand up against that even when I know it's it's wrong. Uh, more posters over there, and then over there at the back is a big world map with some cards and blue tack and pens. And you can write a prayer. Uh, often the best place to start with these kind of things is praying because everyone can pray. Uh, you don't have to sell all your goods and move to a different country and help the poor. Um, to do that, you can pray. So there's some card pens. Write a prayer for a uh, country or a leader in that country or uh, a s topic that you know is prevalent in that country, like drug, uh, the drug trade or the sex trafficking, uh, and stick it on the map. I'd also really encourage you to get into kind of groups where you are if you um there's you know a few stations around the room but not everyone's going to be able to do them all at the same time so maybe grab a few friends pray together ask each other what are you going to stand for what is the thing that you're going to come away from this evening and say that is something that i'm going to stand for and then after a little while we'll come back together and 
uh, the band are going to lead us in a song and a declaration that this is the thing. We're going to take these things that we said that we're going to stand for and uh, make a stand. Does that all make sense to everybody? Excellent. Um, perhaps Nathan, if you could just come and um, noodle on the guitars and kind of background. I'm going to just pray, and then uh, you guys are free to pray, write, draw, uh, whatever you want to do. Father, thank you for uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Thank you for their story. Thank you for all that we've heard this evening of people that have made a stand for you against things that are wrong. And I just ask that you would stir uh, the hearts of the people here, the spirits of the people here, that they would uh, become clear to them what is the thing that you are asking them to stand for? What is the thing that you are asking them to uh, make a difference in the communities and their churches and their friends? Just going to leave a moment. Just ask God what your, what is it that uh, thing that he wants you to make a stand for? Yes, Father God, we just commit to these, uh, these things all to you, to your glory. Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, so yeah, feel free to move around the room, grab some friends, uh, pray, and we'll come back together in uh, about uh, a few, ten minutes or so.
Thank you.